welcome to the IDP show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the So Shack tonight. On my right, Adam Markham. On my left, Bobby Reynolds. Gentlemen, how are we this evening? Doing wonderful, Josh. How are we doing? Doing good. Bobo, how are you, man? I'm good, Josh. I got to say, though, I lied to you a couple weeks ago. Did you? I was on my best behavior with Nate Tice when yes. he was on. That was a lie. This is going to be your best behavior. I was on behavior. pretty good behavior. Pretty nice. good. I'm definitely on my best behavior tonight. Tonight is your best behavior. That's sure. what I like to hear. Because just like last time we came to you all, we are not alone in the Soj Shack tonight. No, sir. We are joined in the virtual Soj Shack all the way from sunny Los Angeles. You know him from Game Day View, NFL.com, and the Around the NFL podcast. It's Greg Rosenthal. Greg, how are you, my friend? What is happening? Love this setup. What is it in L.A. today, Greg? Like 77, oh, sunny. Don't even tell us. Yeah, it was like high 60s. So we oh, definitely gosh. like in the morning, mm-hmm. walking the kids to school, definitely had them in sweatshirts because it's like low 60s, a little chilly. But yeah, you guys look um, nice and toasty. I think you're wearing a, a shirt that has my likeness on it. So that's a first for me doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you ever been on a show where you're staring at your own face from another man's chest? No, I, I like it, though. Uh, that's from our guy, Alexis Frederick Frost. People should check out his books. We're not getting a cut of any mer- merch, um, so mm. someone should be. Uh, that is it's a, it's a sore subject. Yeah, we have long as around the NFL listeners derided the fact that you guys don't have merch. It's a it's a shame. It's a travesty. And so I got with our boy Alexis to remedy that and have a collection of shirts. And of wow. course, as Greg mentioned, this is the boss and it's a uh, office space reference. So, uh, Greg, I don't know if you used to demand TPS reports from Dan and Mark when you were their boss, but uh, <laughs> if not, you should have. I think that I think you could have worn that moniker well. The, the further I get away from being anyone's boss, the more horrifying my behavior in those years seems. I was <laughs> I was a dick. You know, I, I was not a nice boss and uh, it's much nicer not being the boss. I was going to say, probably probably feels good, you know, not to have that burden of expectation on you. Yeah, Josh is a dick, too, to me. And yeah. Come on, time. yeah, guys. Come I on. can see that. <laughs> I can see that. He's he's threatened because I just, you know, I just, quote, met you, Bobby, right? And um, yeah. you've got like a Southern Nick Sirianni vibe going. I think that would be intimidating. <laughs> I'll take it. I love that. I'll hey, take Nick it. Sirianni's like low-key, very handsome. So. Yeah, Bob's hot. Yeah, yeah I think this is a comment on your hotness, and uh, we're here for it. So, Greg, we appreciate you joining the show tonight. Uh, we could sit here and talk hotness all night long. Jimmy G might be coming to my beloved Indianapolis mm. Colts. Mm. The, folks, that's only an upgrade in terms of how handsome our quarterback is. We started with a bridge troll in Andrew Luck migrated up to like, you know, redheaded stepchild (laughs) in Carson Wentz. Migrated up. I don't know about that. I mean, come on now. I don't know. Well, they both aren't lookers, as my I think Lug's way hotter. Oh, come on now. But I uh, think the real problem is like Carson Wentz wasn't an upgrade uh, in terms of how he played compared to Jacoby Brissett. I'd still think my guy, Jacob. <laughs> Thank you. This is what I said all along was yeah. going to get these other quarterbacks. I was like, we have Jacoby Brissett. Do we forget this dude beat the Chiefs in like prime time uh, when they had Mahomes? <laughs> Anyways, um, we'll see where they go. But we're having you on tonight in the midst of what has been probably the craziest week that I can remember, at least in recent NFL history, Greg, to talk about what else. But 
defensive free agents. Free agency begins next week, and we're having some moves that have been made in anticipation of free agency ramping up. And so as we come into this period now where we're going to have players signing new deals, guys landing with new teams, guys re-signing with their old teams, we want to give you, the listener, a rundown of where some of these top defensive free agents are going to land, how they might fare with their new teams. Are they going to get overpaid and potentially busts? Are there some values to be had out there? And Greg is the man with the definitive top 101. Check it out, NFL.com slash top 101. And Greg, I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity with the uh, affectionately named Wrestling Bowl that we had between the Bengals and Rams uh, back a few weeks ago. Of course, Chris Wessling, famously a Cincinnati Bengals fan who divorced his team. There was a dossier involved. It was a very messy divorce. <laughs> and then Lakeisha Wessling, his wife, uh, was a Rams fan going back to the St. Louis days and, and probably beyond even that. So a really amazing uh, moment to have the Rams and Bengals meet in the Super Bowl a year after we lost West to cancer. And of course, this project, the Top 101 Free Agents, something that you used to do with West. Some of my favorite moments on the podcast, Greg, were you and Chris debating where you had guys and what guys you all fought over. Just some great podcast fodder. So, between the Wrestling Bowl and then doing this list this year, what kind of memories has it kicked up of your friend Chris Wessling? No, I appreciate you asking, you, you saying that. You just talking just kicked up memories of us just arguing about players from the moment I met him, which was on AOL Instant Message, you know, in 2008 or something. And that, that was the basis of our friendship was essentially arguing over football players because we didn't actually meet each other for three years like uh wow he was just like the best football mind that i had ever hired there that's how we originally met and uh roto world didn't have much money so we never flew him up he just worked for us from tybee island and there's no one i loved arguing with more who stood to his beliefs more who had strong takes who had a great feel for football uh and never took it like too personally, not personally. He would stand behind it and we'd get after it, but it never had anything to do with like whether we liked each other or not. So, yeah, when we got to the NFL, doing the 101 was always fun. It was a multi-week process. One thing I know is as we started getting older and certainly after he did cancer, had his first bout with cancer, it's like we spent a little less time arguing. We realized like maybe we don't need to be arguing quite as much. Let's let's have our players that we really believe in. We kind of know what the other guy's going to do somewhat anyways. We'll stake our claim. We'll average it out. We'll talk we'll talk it out, but maybe don't spend as much time um just like bickering like crazy <laughs> over Marcus Mariota's future. I just picture like screaming matches in the newsroom of like no, Marcus Mariota should be 13, not 16, no. you know. Uh, a lot of texts, a lot of instant messages, and, and a lot on the on the podcast and and going back and forth. It, there was always those guys that you just like. I'll just give it to him. Like if he yeah. believes it this much, you just give it to him, and, and vice versa. Yeah, you don't care that much to sit there and argue, Bobby. I know one of the things I loved about Chris was he more than anybody else I've ever met. He was like a, a NFL football encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. He was not only a brilliant analyst who had such keen 
understanding and insight into the game of football, but he understood it within a historical context and perspective that just made him such a unique voice Mm -hmm. in the football landscape. Yeah, man. And you know, the cool thing about this whole podcast thing, and we're small beans in the you know grand scheme of things, but if it hadn't been for around the NFL podcast, we wouldn't exist. Nope. You know, we wouldn't have been doing this in a shed for, Mm. you know, three years now. And, and Chris is a lot of the reason of that, you know, I have not been as plugged in over the years, uh, especially early on in the years, as much as Josh has, but if it hadn't been for y'all, Mark, Dan, um, you know, I don't know that we would, we would be here doing this. And you know, the other end of it, kind of too, that's cool is that, uh, you know, there's some other podcasts that have spawned because of us. So, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, Greg's, Greg's got much more fame than we do, but you know, we're not doing it for the fame and the wealth. You know, we just love talking football, getting together and uh, encouraging others to do the same. And I feel like that was kind of what Wes's vibe was. Yeah. Greg, I know Dan always talks about like, you know, mad dog Russo was like a big influence on you all, you know, wanting to get into this kind of medium of talking about football and, and Bobby's right. Like listening to, to you all listening to the fantasy footballers and the athletic football show and all these great football podcasts out there, you know, have helped, you know, kind of pave the pave the path for other podcasts to come along behind you all. And, um, you know, Chris is forever part of that legacy. Now you guys record in the Chris Wessling podcast studio, which is amazing. I mean, that has to be just such a cool moment for you guys to, um, you know, not only when that was unveiled, but for that to be the home of, you know, all NFL network podcast now, like that's, that's, that's an amazing legacy to an amazing man. Yeah, it's surreal. I mean, hearing you guys even talk about, um, starting the podcast partly because of listening and stuff that, that, that's surreal too. That, that is amazing. Doing the studio with his name on it every day, it's heavy. Um, but it's also beautiful and like he, he appreciated, the people that were in it for the love of it. And I think we always were trying to hold on to the, the love of, of the game. And, you know, uh, as I get older, I'm just like a cynical husk of a, uh, of a person <laughs> with no emotions inside. That's just trying to gobble up power and money and hearing this kind of stuff. I'm kidding. Ground, ground <laughs> me. Um, but, but, but for real, like th- thinking back, like your show hit gets to it because Man, you you pick you're an IDP show. An IDP is not for uh, the faint of heart. Like no, I knew not. when I started at What Wrote a World in 2004, if I wanted an article to not be read that much, it, mm-hmm. I'd write about IDP. Yep. Sure. Amen, brother. For sure. <laughs> you speaking our language now. It's us. You know, it was tough. And I was into it. I joined the most like maybe the most competitive football fantasy football league I ever was in was a dynasty league. This guy Mike Dempsey who who still does uh, fantasy radio and, and still is doing great. And man, like I, I got deep into the IDP world for about five or six years and you guys like you are too tough for me now. So I don't know why you're having me on. Cause you guys know way, way more than I do. Well, uh, we appreciate that. And we don't, by the way, just <laughs> no. to clear that up. <laughs> it's, you know, 
this is we always just I remember like I, I had an early pick on Gary Brackett or something with the mm. Colts I was trying to think of a good Colts play Brackett was a nice IDB player back he in was the good. day he was like that, good that's where I was at yeah yeah Cato June had a little run there with the Colts uh, I was a big Cato June fan but uh, yeah this is definitely a niche that we always used to open our show with uh, diehards degenerates and lovers of defensive football because we are we are getting into the weeds a little bit here of fantasy but you know we like showing some love to the guys on the defensive side and um in in the spirit of you know chris wesling and y'all's debates over this list and in the spirit of our love for idp let's jump into it greg let's mm-hmm. jump into the list here and one player that did not uh make it through to free agency from the tennessee titans and he is staying down there in nashville is edge Harold Landry signs a five-year, $87.5 million deal that includes $52.5 million guaranteed. Greg, I'm curious, as you look across the landscape at who's left out there, I predicted, I thought Landry would be the highest-paid defensive player in terms of guaranteed money. Do you think there are other people out there who may surpass him? What do you see as far as his deal in terms of where it sits in the landscape? I mean, that would have been a good bet to put down somewhere because you might win it here. I, I mean, he just got 52 million guaranteed. That's that's up there or above some of the best edge rushers in the NFL. In terms of guarantees, though, I, I feel like J.C. Jackson and Carlton Davis got a shot here. Yep. But there haven't been great cornerbacks to hit the free agent market too often lately, and those are two guys – in their prime. I would think Jackson would, would get more. He He's number two on my list total, but uh, that money that Landry got in addition to the Mike Williams contract with, with the chargers, I think was just like a warning shot that and it totally makes sense that guys are going to get better deals than, than we've ever seen in this free agency class, because it's been a couple of years since teams have been able to spend and, yeah. and now they are and the salaries always go up. So it, it makes sense that a Mike Williams is making 20 million a year, but two years, even last year, certainly, but even two, three years ago, a guy like Mike Williams and Harold Landry, the market was not going to support them making that much. Yeah, and Addy, one of the things that uh, our boy John Macri over at PFF pointed out is that Landry, at least for IDP, has truly been a volume monster. Like since entering the league in 2018, no other edge has played more snaps in that time. So the amount of opportunity he was going to get would be difficult to replicate on another team. He was sort of in this like perfect situation with the Titans hasn't really played that well. He's earned just a 59.7 pass rush grade since 2018. So this was a dude Hmm. that we always sort of liked for IDP. I like that he's staying with the Titans. Do you see his outlook changing at all now that he's signed this massive deal? No, I mean, I think you can kind of expect the same production for Harold Landry going forward. I wouldn't expect him to ever be like a 15 sack type guy. But yeah, I mean, he's going to still get tons of snaps. He's going to get a thousand snaps a year. Probably. We, I think he's done that, what, three years in a row now? Yep. Or something close to that. So, um, yeah, he's one of the few guys in the league that have done that from the edge position uh, position. So yeah, I mean, they paid him handsomely. He's, he's still, you know, 25. I mean, so yeah, I think you, you love to see guys, you know, putting up 12 sacks uh, when they're 25. Yep. Um, 
because we know he's going to enter that grown ass man stage here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we have to introduce Greg to this phrase. So Greg, we have a theory that is defensive linemen and offensive linemen, but mainly these like big burly defensive tackles and edge rushers. Uh, think of like a cam Jordan from the saints as they near like that 30 year old kind of cliff where most guys, at least value wise kind of fall off. These defensive linemen enter into grown ass man strength Mm. and suddenly they are transformed and it's not like the cliff comes for them at 30. Oh no, it's a new peak. So if you hear us talking about grown ass man strength, uh, become more crafty and stuff. Yeah. We don't have access to that as 30 year olds ourselves. Uh, but these NFL, uh, we've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard through the grapevine (laughs) that maybe it's something these guys can tap into. So, uh, Harold Landry staying with the Tennessee Titans and, uh, Friday P purposes. I think it's the status quo, like Addy said, but Chandler Jones, Greg is a player that I'm so interested in because for IDP, he gets, banged a little bit because of his positional eligibility. He's not quite as valuable when he's listed as an outside linebacker, but I loved in your write-up that you said, even though he may be a little bit past his absolute peak as a pass rusher, he can still juice up any defensive line on a short-term deal. So do you like Chandler Jones as an addition on a team where he has a chance to make an impact? I, I do, but I, I'm he's like a huge boomer bust guy. I think as a free agent and I would think as a IDP guy too, depending on your scoring. Like e- even at his best, he was never a huge QB hits and sacks guy. He was like had kind of a low QB hits for the amount of sacks that he would get. He's kind of a stat hunter. I think that was I mean, that's a good thing. I, I don't think that's a negative. Um, but he's someone he could have two good years left or he could have one good year left, or he could be on the downside here. Cause I don't think he was quite the same player a year ago or in that first month before he tore his pec. That was the injury, right? In, in 2020, that first month was like one of the worst months of Chandler Jones's career. And even if you look at last year, after that first week where he just t- popped off, he was, he was kind of up and down. So to me, he's a boomer bus guy. I put him high just because I think there's a chance that you're getting like an elite, pass rusher and any chance for that for even just one year is worth so much. Yeah, Bobby, that's what I was going to say. Even if Chandler Jones is boom bust, the potential to get some juice in your pass rush, this is something these NFL teams value a lot. Yeah, I could see him going to a little bit of an older team that, you know, brings in some veteran type DNs like a Kansas City might be a Ooh, decent spot. Be nice. You know, think about this one too. I didn't That'd realize this. Who had more sacks last year, Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden? Oh, Ooh, Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden had was a half the, sack more. He had eleven sacks, wow. and uh, Chandler Jones had ten, uh, ten and a half. And Greg's right. You take out Chandler Jones's five sacks in Week One, he has a five and a half sack year, which is just okay. I do love his six forced fumbles on the year. That is but, nice. Yeah, I love what Greg said. He is very boom bust at age thirty two. Um, he's definitely on the backside of his uh, of his career, and and really needs to go somewhere to shine for what maybe one or two more years. Yeah, um, go somewhere. Maybe does he have a ring yet? Probably not. I don't think Did he so. get one with New England? Maybe one of the, I don't know, but maybe not. Okay. Um, uh, but, I think he got one in 20, 2014 because, uh, yeah, he was on that team. That was before he walked into a police station while under the influence of synthetic marijuana. Which oh, is like that's not right. where you want to walk. Like, oh, yeah. go somewhere else. Yes. Like, don't go to the police station. 
It's a nightmare. Go home Why or just walk around. And that <laughs> yeah. was that was the end of his Patriots career. And that, I think that was, that was after the 2014 season, maybe a year or two. Sheesh, later. blast from the It's past. like the number one rule of yeah. drugs. <laughs> Stay away yeah. from don't police walk, stations. Don't walk into the police station, Nark. I feel bad because he was like looking for help. Something was not going right there. He was mm-hmm. he was struggling. So it's it's good. He's, he got a monster contract, though. He was smart to force his way out of there ultimately because it, it worked out well for him. Yeah, it seems like, Addy, this could be a situation like a Von Miller acquisition yeah. for yeah. the Rams where just a, a team that feels like they're on the precipice but needs a little bit of juice from an older pass rusher. Yeah, it's a good call because, I mean, Chandler Jones has 107 uh, and a half career sacks. He did, He's done that in 139 Ooh. games. That's second That's most. fame stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. get talked about for it, possibly. That second most among active players. That's only behind Von Miller. He's got uh, 115 and a half, and he's done that in 150 games. So wow. Chandler Jones, man, he, he deserves uh, a little more respect. Yeah, I mean, um, 47 pressures. That wasn't great. Uh, 9.8% pressure rate. Um, fourteen point six win rate. That the, the even those aren't those aren't like anything that will blow you away. Those are both win above average. A little bit above average. They're so both I, above average. I, I yeah, I think it supports Greg's point here that he may be yeah. past his peak, but he's absolutely still got some juice left. But dude, if you can get what he got five sacks a game, if you can still do that, yeah. I mean, you're not all you're not off the cliff. There's yet. not a lot yeah. of guys that can do that. Yeah, what a change Arizona's gone through in about a day. You know, yeah, Chandler Jones. Obviously, they've known about, but. You know, now Jordan Hicks being gone, hopefully Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Shout out to uh, Nate Tice for hashtag Zayvon season. Yeah. Um, he'll <laughs> understand that what that means. Speaking of, speaking of merch, we need to get some merch on that. Is that next season? Because it wasn't last season. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Get ready. It's a sore subject, Greg. When Kime's coming out and saying that he's got two tall ash trees in the middle of his defense. You've got a Zayvon guy and a Simmons guy over here. It's been a Kime's a liar. Kime is a big, fat liar. you got to get Jordan Hicks out so, as our boy Macri said, they can take another linebacker at 23 and then not play him. So he, that's one of those things. I was all excited to watch that. You know, you're in, you're in August. You're like watching a preseason game when they play 15 snaps together. You're like, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to watch yeah. this. And then um, you don't really uh, you don't really have too much fun watching that. He did light up my Tulane green wave, though. I remember in college, <laughs> he, he destroyed them. <laughs> he was a force man in college. Yeah, like, yeah he's definitely stood out. <laughs> I wish they would have used him in more creative ways. I thought they could have used him like Dallas used Micah Parsons, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So from Chandler Jones, who, you know, we have fewer questions about now at this point in his career to a player in Randy Gregory, who sits at 16 overall for you, Greg, this guy was an all pro candidate, as you wrote before suffering a calf injury in week nine. And he never quite looked the same underwent knee surgery after the season. So you talk about gambles and boom bust guys, Randy, Gregory feels like another one on that list that if you get him, get him and he's right, this could potentially be a value in free agency, but the floor could fall out with Randy Gregory as well. Yeah. I, I like him more as a free agent than as a possible fantasy guy, because he, he's never played more than 550 snaps in his career. Yeah. And the, I don't know at this point, he's, you know, he's almost 30. I don't know if you can, you can expect that. That said, his snaps on a per snap basis the last two years, he was really good in 2020 in like the 250 snaps he had, he had then too. And even though he wasn't quite the same when he came back from the injury, he did have one good game, if I remember right. But he, he was very effective per snap. He he was wrecking shop. If they had had him and Lawrence together at, 
balling at the same time, they would have been great. He's just someone that's had so many problems over his career. I I feel like he has more value to the Cowboys than he would mm-hmm. elsewhere. They know him. He's been there. It's comfortable. I'd be a little concerned just like you got to keep this guy on the field. You got to keep him kind of on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, Greg, and it seems like the Cowboys are kind of doing this thing where they're letting the more expensive, bigger name guy go to keep the lesser known free agent rumblings. They're going to keep Michael Gallup and let Amari Cooper go rumblings. They might let Demarcus Lawrence go. Would it make sense to bring mm-hmm. back Randy Gregory, especially if you're planning to cut Demarcus Lawrence and save about eight million in cap? Well, and also it has a lot to do with where are you going to play Micah Parsons next yeah. year? You're going to leave him on mm-hmm. the edge or moving back to his typical linebacker role. Now, no Jalen Smith. How old is Leighton Vander Esch at this point? And that neck, that neck just oh, yeah. worries us to death. Leighton uh, Vander he, He's a, he's a free agent. He, it, it hurt, it hurt me to, uh, not put him on the list. He was just outside the top 101, at least the initial list. Uh, and I remember watching a game with Wes, we talked about earlier, in 2018, them playing the Saints on Thursday night. We, we were like, man, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, this is the future. This is the future of the linebacker position. So things change fast. Now you're right. That's a great point about Michael Parsons, that, that that's why they probably only are going to keep either Lawrence or Gregory, but to me, it's like that's not a hard choice. Demarcus Lawrence is literally the best player on the Dallas Cowboys over the last five years, mm-hmm. along with Dak Prescott and a and a leader and a badass. Like, I, I actually just talked myself out of keeping Grandy Gregory. He should go somewhere <laughs> else. Go. Dallas is maybe not a good environment for him. I mean, there's a lot going on in Dallas. I don't know if that's like the place to get uh, uh, your head on straight. They kind of let you do anything. So mm-hmm. I, I changed my mind. All right, Gregory, you're out. Lawrence, you're staying. Michael Parsons, you're still going to be used in that hybrid role, but you're also going to be used. At They're holding him back. Well. Yeah. They're holding him back there. Do you, you, do you want him to make the full transition to edge Michael Parsons? Um, I yes, kind uh-huh. of. I mean, I think that's the, that's the more valuable position. He was like a baller at it. Yeah. He was still like literally one of the, one best, of the best at it. Edge rushers in the league as a rookie who was yeah. drafted as a linebacker. Yeah. Wait, for IDP though, what happened last year must have been like the best possible scenario because you got both. Am I wrong? It was yeah, I mean, there was a stretch there. It was pretty wild. He had like what, eighty four total tackles and like thirteen sacks. Yeah. Some, so yeah, it was it was one of the weirdest stat years, like And there was a four or five week span towards the later part of the season where he was averaging yeah. 20, 25 a game. Yeah. yeah. He was winning you weeks. He yeah, slowed yeah. down towards the end a little bit, but yeah, so he was, he was that's amazing. A, that's you, a great question. Get, yeah. You get banged a little bit yeah. depending on your scoring. Cause if you're tackle heavy Parsons mm-hmm. is devalued a little bit, cause he's not going to rack up like 150 tackles. But if you're in a big play league, which is what we tend to play in that overvalues sacks and tackles for loss, you do want those guys like a Parsons, like a Devin White, who have the opportunity to rack up huge sack numbers uh, because those guys are weak winners. That's a 35, 45 point type of game that can just swing a game for you. So let's ask Greg, smartest in the business, you know. Randy Gregory, are you going to leave him on the edge and let him play, you know, with his hand in the ground? Or are you going to try to move him back to a typical linebacker role? You talking about Greg- Gregory or Parsons? Oh, Parsons. Sorry, not Gregory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think you got to you got to have his edge snaps as a major part of his diet is yeah. just too valuable. Now, now, can he have the flexibility where you can move him around a little and me- mess with the opposing offenses? Sure. But I feel like 
you got to just see if he looked like one of the best edges in the league from the jump. So you just got to see if he can keep that going. Even if you can be creative with him, don't get too cute. Yeah. Dallas could suck next year. Yeah. Defense could be even worse. But yeah, play, play Parsons, you know, as a traditional linebacker, first down, second and third, let him get after the quarterback. Right. Yeah. Right. Bring in some sub packages. I agree. Mm -hmm. So let's move to another player here, Greg, that has, just baffled IDP managers for two years. This is Sasan Reddick. He is number 23 on your list. And he, as you wrote over the past two seasons, 23 and a half sacks, Greg, we thought this guy was going to have a huge market going into free agency. Of course, the cap goes down. I think that hurt a lot of guys in his similar boat, but he has to go take a one year prove it deal from his former college coach, Matt rule. And a year later, after some more great sack production, here we are again with Hassan Reddick. What type of market is this guy going to have now coming off 23 and a half sacks in two seasons and with the cap having gone up about 25 million bucks? Yeah, better one for sure. He's one of the guys who did the one year prove it deals and it's going to pay off for him. If I had to guess, you know, I'd. I think he's probably getting eight, nine, ten million dollars a year, something like a, a three for thirty, a yeah. three for thirty-six. I think there's this feeling, and, and it, he also might total, he might blow that out of the water. It it only takes one or two teams to to truly see him. You know, he hasn't been a guy again that like has the total pressures that matches with that sacks. Uh, his speed is crazy. He's so light. I mean, he is about as light an edge player as there is in the NFL, right? And that's why yeah. I think that's why he didn't get the money. Is is GMs look at that and they're like, "What am I going to do with a two hundred and thirty five pound guy against against the run?" And that can affect snap counts and everything. But at this point, I think you can kind of start to throw away the first three years of his career. He's proven this is who he is. And I, I made the mistake ranking him too low. A year ago, I might have done it again. Uh, I might have done it again this year. I might not have given him enough enough credit because he kind of proved at the very least he's got this skill set and that's worth a lot. Yeah, Addy, 13.4 points per game last season, 44 total pressures on 852 snaps for Hassan Reddick. Are we buying that many pressures, though? Yeah, it's not. That's a low. That's a low pressure rate. Yeah. Are we buying in on this guy for? I think um, so. Yeah, I'm with Greg. I mean, those first three years in Arizona, they weren't using him properly. He wasn't playing edge. I mean, he wasn't rushing the the quarterback. He was playing like a line, you know, like a normal linebacker. So, yeah, I mean, the, the last two years when he's been, you know, as as a, you know, on the line as an edge, he's gotten what? 11 and a half sacks last year and he got 12. Yeah, you got twelve this year, twenty three. He's and a like half a total. poor man's Ngakwe. Uh, mm. Now yeah. that I think about it, because you just can't. You, did any team that really value, like the Patriot, you know, the Patriots would never sign him. Like, so yeah. it's like any team that really values edge setting is not going to sign him. But there's plenty of teams that would. Yeah, he could provide some juice. I feel like Bobo to what, a team that needs just pure pass rush. What about Reddick to uh, Minnesota? You know, the whole DJ Wanham experience kind of didn't work out last year. Anthony Barr is going to be gone, who kind of plays a little bit similar role. Yeah, it'd be fine. They, and could, could, they could use him. I think probably the thing that helped Reddick a little bit as well is playing opposite, you know, Brian Ryan Burns. Burns one all of the year. best edges in the entire league, right? Yep. So it'd help him outside of, uh, you know, playing opposite Daniil next year. It could help a little bit, maybe have a similar year. I mean, I think most teams should be that need an edge should be in on Hassan Reddick. I mean, he's one of the, I mean, he's one of the probably youngest 
yeah. edge rushers or with the most upside, I would, I would say, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of guys with, you know, upside on this list just because, you know, most of those guys get retained. Is but, it true? Are the, are the pure edge guys like Derek Barnett? There, there aren't many young guys. Yeah. It's mostly new Osu who I, I like I him. Yeah. We like him. Heard we'll get about to it from a lot of, a lot of people, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into that. That was the one I was so curious about, Greg, because you mentioned this specifically on the show that you guys did talking about your list was that you were go- you're like, all right, people, I'm going to move Nuosu <laughs> up. So did you hear from Chargers? Like who was in your mentions <laughs> saying that you ranked Nuosu too low? Multiple people. Um, yeah, one that works for the Chargers. One, you know, uh, a few. To- it's just one of those. that's like. Oh shoot, he's gonna get a fifty million dollar contract and I like have him ranked way too low. And this is why, you know, you don't stay up all night uh the <laughs> night before it's due, and then you're taking your family on like a, a three day weekend the next day before you send it off. Cause you you need that two point Nuoso needs to go mm-hmm. up. He he really is a good anyone with that kind of first step in his young and, and got better throughout his career is going to get a nice contract. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be from the chargers necessarily, but I think he's, he's one of those guys that at the combine, you just know their agent was putting out there that two or three teams are in on him. And, and usually that stuff's right. So I think he's going to get a nice deal. Yeah, I agree. And you can just say it was Daniel Jeremiah that was giving you. Flag. No, no, <laughs> I wish, I wish I did follow up actually with him though. When I heard this stuff and he, he was uh, totally on board that that he's a good player. Yeah. So, Addy, you mentioned we're in on Uchenna. Mm-hmm. You, you've famously kind of pounded the drum for this guy. We saw sort of the um, expanded role that we were hoping for last year, starting 15 games. Do we think that the best is yet to come for Uchenna Nwosu? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a, he is a little undersized. He's not like most of these, you know, traditional star edge rushers that are 6'4", 6'5". Uh, he's more like a, in the Everson Griffin mode uh, mold. Um, but, yeah, he's he, I like him a lot. I mean, 64.3 overall um, PFF grade, 68.5 pass rush grade, um, 40 pressures on the year. Um, that's a 9.8% pressure rate. Uh, he has a career pressure rate of 11.8%. So, I mean, that's about 3% more than league average. Um, 12.3 pass rush win rate. He, he's he's a, he's a good ball player. I mean, all the all the stats pretty much back that up. But also, you know, he's he's in San, he's in uh, Los Angeles where they're always kind of weird with the usage and stuff. Uh, I just don't think that's the best environment for a lot of defensive players to to thrive. They're just they're weird with the usage. I'm I'm excited to see him get a fresh start. Yeah. Seems like Bobby, he's one of those guys, like Greg said, that's going to sign a monster deal. Yeah. And suddenly we're looking up being like, where, where they kept this guy for the past three seasons, right? Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, Joshy, but the uh, Indianapolis Colts have the most cap going into 2022. Yes, so after getting the Washington commanders yeah. to uh, take his entire salary for 2022, we actually have the most cap space in the league now. So Uchenna to the Colts. I would love that. Yeah. I, I, I do I want he to maybe perfect? Mm-hmm. He would. And that's one of those players I would love for us to break the bank on. You know, we've been looking for that edge rush combo. I love Quiddy pay. We're all Quiddy pay fans at this table, uh, but we've been looking for that dynamite combo off the edge since the Robert Mathis, Dwight Freeney years. And so pairing a young up and coming guy with a second year player in Quiddy pay, sign me up and I, a force partner. 
And DeForest Buckner. It helps to have DeForest Buckner and all pro there in the middle of your defensive line. But this is the year I am hoping Chris Ballard opens up the checkbook and actually goes and pays some guys. Who's going to be throwing the ball? That remains to be seen. Uh, but, you know, bring, we bring back Jacoby. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Bring back. See, we finally have another Jacoby believer or, in the in or the Teddy. We can bring Teddy in. Don't bring. Right. I'm not even I'm not even a Jacoby believer necessarily. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't believe Washington gave up anything for Wentz because I just to me, there's not going to be a, a much of a difference, if any, between yeah. Wentz and, and Jacoby or whoever they bring in. There's actually a decent amount of those one B guys that are okay that aren't going to be exciting, but they're not going to be any worse than once. They might be better. Yeah. yeah. This felt like as a, as a Colts fan and sort of reading the tea leaves, this seemed like a Jim Ursay was like, get this dude out of this building immediately. Chris Ballard. <laughs> What's Washington doing? Uh, did they not do any digging? I mean, this there's been like rumors of like Wentz being hard to deal with for a little bit now, right? Yeah, and you read Zach Kiefer's story for the Athletic. The problem stretched all the way back to the summer before the season even started. Uh, before Wentz broke his foot, sprained both ankles, didn't get vaccinated through a left-handed interception that cost him the Titans game. I could go on and on. <laughs> Lost you, week eighteen. Yeah, to if the, we uh, want to really relive the agony, that was an epic clip. That interception. Yeah. So <laughs> for real, it's like butt fumble. Butt status. fumble status. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since it pretty much cost us the playoffs. Um, such good times, such good times. But I, it's, I, I feel bad for Ballard. I think he's a great GM, but it seemed like last year, Frank Reich was like, please, Chris, we got to go get my dude. And Jim Irsay was like, yeah, Chris, go get, go get Wentz. Let's give him a shot. <laughs> and then this year he's caught in the Ursay hurricane of like, get this guy out of here. So I feel bad for Chris. He apologized. Ballard. You see where he apologized? Yeah, Reich apologized <laughs> to Jim Irsay. He's like, my bad, bro. That was, you that's hate to me. do that. You yeah. hate to have to apologize to the bold boss, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's, that's, that's on me. So anyways, I hope the Colts break out the checkbook and I would love to welcome you Nuosu to Indianapolis. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Start clapping. Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist, now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW. We all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. But now, you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with the Ultra Premium Collection. This package includes Manscaped Premium Deodorant. No, not for your balls, for your stanky armpits. Oh, well that's why. I see I've been using the ball deodorant on my armpits and the armpit deodorant 
on my balls so that might clear up some of my uh my stank apparently this deodorant dries clear is aluminum free and smells like their signature scent hydrating body moisturizer have tattoos or issues with dry skin it's designed to keep skin feeling clean smooth and feeling fresh that'll be good i got a ton of neck tattoos and a ton of dry skin body wash to lather you up with your infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel that is fancy two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with an easy one step Plus a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balms that made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. Mm. That's four products plus a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. What a score. All these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-free, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. I'd recommend using the products in this order. One, hop in the shower and scrub a dub that body with the Manscaped body wash. Two, lather your hair up with the two-in-one shampoo conditioner to keep your noggin toggin. Dry off and spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin. That was step three. Four, put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Make sure you use the ball deodorant on your balls and not on your armpits. And five, pop that Manscaped lip balm on. No one is out here kissing chapped up lips. Hmm. Getting dressed after is optional. Interesting. Wear one great scent all day long. Get that ultra premium collection hot off the shelves. Remember, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, everybody? Josh here with the IDP show. Now, if you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where league members get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. And the IDP show is making it happen for listeners. We've partnered up with RSO to offer new members 10% off their annual site fee. Just use promo code IDP show after your 14 day trial is complete. So what are you waiting for? With RSO, you have free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, 
and much, much more. Like we said, it's the closest thing you can get to being an NFL general manager. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Just remember to use the promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee. Again, that's promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee for your leagues in 2022. Fantasy just got real with Reality Sports Online. What's up, everybody? Josh Raymer here with the IDP Show, and I am so excited to share some big news with you all today. We are announcing a new project that has been a collaborative effort between the IDP Show, IDP Guys, and Dynasty Football Factory. It is the IDP Draft Kit. Now, whether you're new to IDP or you've been playing for decades, we could all use a little help once draft day rolls around. After all, the foundation we lay during the draft is what sets us up to win a championship or, if you're in a dynasty league, be a top contender for years to come. The IDP Draft Kit is the resource you need to dominate your drafts. We've got you covered with combined and positional rankings for both redraft and dynasty leagues. Now, this isn't a static draft resource either. It'll be updated throughout the offseason so you stay ahead of the curve. More of a do-your-own-research fantasy player? No problem. We've got top-level analysis from some of the brightest minds to help you identify opportunities for each of the 32 NFL defenses. If you've thought about trying IDP but were hesitant to take the plunge, don't worry. We're here to help guide you with an IDP starter kit plus our preferred scoring settings for a new league. It's everything you need to hit the ground running and absolutely flatten the IDP learning curve. Your road to IDP glory starts here. No more missing the playoffs or coming in second. All you need to do are follow these two simple steps. Step one, pre-order the IDP draft kit today. Step two, get ready to destroy your league mates. That's it. Once you have the IDP draft kit, you'll be so far ahead of your competition, they'll swear you're about to lap them. So what are you waiting for? Go to theidpdraftkit.com today to pre-order the IDP draft kit. When you use that link, you'll automatically get our early bird pricing applied. And our early bird pricing is 50% off the regular price. But don't delay because this pricing won't last forever. So, one more time, visit the idpdraftkit.com and pre-order today.
But let's move to linebacker, Greg. Linebacker is the glamorous position. You probably picked up on this in your short time in the IDP kind of inner circle, but folks love them some linebackers. And of course, the huge news that was made official today was the Seattle Seahawks releasing Bobby Wagner after a 10-year career with them frees up about $16 million in cap space. I checked right before we came out here and saw, Greg, that you had slotted him in at 16 overall between Randy Gregory and Jadeveon Clowney. He's your highest rated linebacker. What type of market do you think Bobby Wagner will have now with his surprising release? Yeah, uh, A good one. In terms of there, he'll have a lot of interest. I don't think he's going to break the bank. I'm not ranking guys based on how much money they're going to make. Mm-hmm. It could be something like mm, two for 18 or something. And only, only 12 of that's guaranteed. I, I it's at his age, he's not going to, you know, sign a, a contract like Harold Landry did, obviously, but he is still a plus middle linebacker. And I do think, you get a little something from a true great in his first year in a new situation. I just think it's human nature. Not that he wasn't trying his very hardest last year, but this is a hall of famer. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, He's the, the leader of that Seahawks defense over the last seven years. And I think any team that can bring in a guy that smart, that tough, that much of a leader, He's going to be crazy motivated. And as long as he's in the right system and I, and I'm sure, you know, Dan Quinn could be interested. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard some talk that the Rams might be interested, which is weird because it doesn't fit in a few ways, but there, there's some buzz about that. Um, but it, I, I think he could have a really nice bounce back year because he's like Harold Landry. He never leaves the field. His coverage maybe isn't as good as it used to be, but you're kind of signing him because he plays all three downs and he plays a thousand snaps. So he'll make up in volume. I would think anything he's lost and he has lost, but he's still a a good middle linebacker, even if he's not one of the top three or four. When you have a little bit of a decline from a hall of fame level of play, you're still a plus player. And Addy, this is a guy that I would put up there with Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, Levante David, oh, dude. Eric Kendricks is like the best pure NFL linebacker of the past decade. It's him and Keekley. I, I think, think so. And I Levante think David, I guess. Yeah, he, he belongs in the mix too, I guess. But I mean, yeah, uh, Bobby Wagner's never not had 100 tackles in a season. Wow. Um, he's been above, gee, he put up 170 this last year, but he's been above 133 since t- 2016. So <laughs> He had 170 tackles last year? 170 combined. Lead? It was up there. Last year was not so of uh, uh, Foye Olokun had 192. Yep. <laughs> the tackles. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, it's, like, uh, are we going to see He's a free agent, too. I right. Know. Free we'll agent we'll too. talk about and it. So Devondre Campbell. Yeah. yeah. Just a sec. Two guys that, uh, you know, for IDP, like our eyes get as big as dinner plates here. But for real NFL purposes, unless the uh, GM plays IDP, not exactly looking for the 190 tackle monster. But uh, Bobby Wagner, as reliable as it comes, Addy, for IDP and for NFL defenses. This this is like the dude, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you may be a little low on him, Greg. I, I'd bump him up the list a little bit. I mean, I think every every contender mm. should be on this dude. Yeah, when we were I looking- did bump him up. I had him much lower initially, and then I kept thinking, no, I can't put him behind this guy. No, I can't put him behind Campbell, and I kept m- moving him up and up. I, I, I'm considering positional value, too, mm-hmm. more like 
that, you know, that's why Teddy is you know, so high, uh, you know, quarterbacks get bumped up, but you might be onto something. I wonder if the chargers, uh, who, who have also have Kazir white, uh, free agent might be interested too. I, there, there'll uh, be a lot of teams that my drew, uh, my drew tranquil shares hope not, but <laughs> yes, they would go up in flames pretty quickly. Um, so great. Do you think, cause that was a question I had, cause when we were originally looking before you slotted him in, we were thinking somewhere, uh, we we actually put him ahead of Tyron Matthew and Marcus Williams, um, but do you think the NFL values that kind of safety more than a linebacker like Bobby Wagner? Maybe a little, not by much. Safeties are undervalued too. I mean, you look at the franchise tag; the only numbers that are lower than safeties is, is running backs and tight ends. So safeties don't tend to get huge numbers. I think I overrate safeties or I value them so highly. So I just put I end up loving those guys. I think they, they change so much. My, my thing is, is Bobby Wagner a plus on passing downs, which is basically a, you know, two thirds of the downs is a passing league. Not a huge one right now. Like he's not killing you. And that's a plus for a, any linebacker, but that would be my concern and why he's down a little lower than those guys just compared to other positions. Yeah, that makes sense. The guy that you had as your top linebacker, the aforementioned Devondre Campbell, this was uh, a guy that for a long time was searching, I think, to find his right fit with an NFL team and to really get his career on track. And boy, did we ever see that with Devondre Campbell landing with the Green Bay Packers late in the summer? Like IDP heads were like in on Chris Barnes still when Devondre Campbell signed and then he goes out and pro, uh, plays at an all pro level. Greg, what do you think? Was it just like right player, right system, right time fit with Devondre Campbell? I mean, it was like the lights came on all of a sudden. Yeah, it was the fit. The heat, they really let him play middle linebacker mm-hmm. and the Falcons didn't. I, I always liked Devondre Campbell. So you always like it when someone kind of proves your instincts, right? Because, man, he he flashes. It's kind of like Nuosu. When you watch Nuoso, he just moves different. He looks different, and that has value. You think that's going to show up eventually in in terms of a big season. And Campbell was like that man. He can hit. He can do everything. Um, he's not like amazing in coverage at that size and in his movement, but he doesn't need to be as a middle linebacker. And and I think it was just they. He talked about it during the season. They they played him as a true middle linebacker, a true guy kind of calling uh, that defense. And and I guess just him and Deion Jones as a combo sort of didn't totally make sense in that defense together uh, because he was so much better you know, <laughs> away from that defense. Yeah, definitely. And I'm curious, Greg, do you think there's any chance they've, they've signed Rodgers to this new four-year deal? They franchise tag Devontae Adams. Any chance the Packers bring back Devontae Campbell in your mind? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think he, they're the most likely team for sure. How could they not? That's been a, a rotating disaster for five, six years, that position, you know, but even before LaFleur, but even with LaFleur and he was, he was perfect. Like they had him essentially playing as like a strong side guy in Atlanta. And it, it was a totally different role. He, he was dynamic. He changed their defense. I, I almost would be surprised if, if they don't find a way to keep him. Cause I, I don't know if anyone else will fork over the kind of money that the Packers would and the Packers should, they'll find a way. Yeah, Bobby, it seems like it just makes sense across the board for Devondre Campbell to stay in green Bay. If he does top five linebacker in redraft for you, 
You know, I was looking at the total combined tackles earlier today, and we were looking at people the likes of um, Jordan Brooks, who I think had the second most tackles last year um, behind Foyer and then right in front of Bobby Wagner. Um, But then I was looking at Denzel Perryman, you know, and a lot of guys in IDP are going to look at a guy like Denzel Perryman, Devondre Campbell, and a lot of them are going to want to cash out and say, you know, that was fun for a year. Let me see if I can get a pick or another player. Um, I think the Packers need to treat Javondre Campbell the same way and just keep him just running back again for this year. Um, I think he was better than when Blake Martinez was there for a couple of years. Blake Martinez was a God for IDP there when he was in green Bay for a couple of years. I mean, he was top five um, every year that he was yep. in green Bay. And then there was a whole like a uh, weird Christian Kirksey tri- kind of tryout, <laughs> Oren Burks yeah. type of thing. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you, Greg. Uh, I think Devondre Campbell, you know, you got to think a lot of these teams too. I was thinking about that when we talked about uh, Harold Landry, a lot of these teams are in a window, you know, kind of same with yep. Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. My, my link to him and the Rams is like, you know, Wagner's got a ring with Russ and that's cool and everything. But, um, I think the Rams and Wagner are pretty awesome. I think Harold Landry with the Titans, they know that Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, you know, they got AJ Brown year three or four, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these teams that are are looking at some of these guys that are 25, 26, 27, you know, lock these guys up and, and make a run for it. Cause especially when you're a team that's got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you better hurry up and make a run for it. Just, just go yeah, for it. He's young too, and he's young, and you pay him like he's never yep. made big money. So I think if it's like a big two year deal, he'll 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 be taking that. Yeah, like that. Uh, his overall PFF grade of eighty four point seven and his coverage grade of eighty one point five. Those were both second Dang. among all linebackers. So he was good for IDP and good for NFL. That's yeah, man, not always the case. But one hundred forty six tackles, two sacks, two picks. Yeah, he was he wow. was he was a linebacker one. So if he comes back to the Packers, are you cashing out? Or are you holding for another year? Oh, if he's back on the Packers, yeah, you you run it back. Run it back? Yeah, for sure. Bobby, you running it back? Oh, heavens yes. Let's go then. So let's move. <laughs> let's to a, go. Let's go then. Um, so another heavens. IDP. You don't you don't hear that too too often. Yes, like, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the South, <laughs> brother. <laughs> so another player that was an IDP god, Foye Aluakun. Formerly with the Atlanta Falcons, I think given their cap situation, we don't expect him to be back with the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm curious, Greg, you have him ranked down pretty low. So he is your 77th ranked player right now. So we obviously value guys like Foye Iluakun very highly for IDP. It looks like for the real NFL, I wouldn't anticipate Foye getting a big deal from some team out there. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I I think he's kind of like a guy like Reddick a year ago that popped up with this one year. It's, uh, it's a position that just isn't getting paid these days off ball linebackers, except for in very few exceptions. You're coming from Atlanta. He he hits like a truck, yep. and that's that's exciting. <laughs> but I I don't know if I don't know if teams are gonna be just laying down huge money for him. I I mean, I loved watching him and he came on, if I remember right, a a little bit in 2022 and started to show that potential Um, in in a in kind of what Campbell's role, you know, used to be in, in Atlanta. And uh, he, he's a fun player, but yeah, in terms of like what he gets paid, 
man, these off-ball linebackers just don't seem like they get money anymore. There's so many teams that have gone too far the other way, like the Eagles, and they just, like, don't even care about the position. They're, like, <laughs> the anti-Colts. Like, they just, like, we will, in the Packers really have been like this a little bit. We'll, we will stick anyone that we can find, like, a replacement-level guy, and we'll be fine at that position. And, and I think Aluakon will fall victim to that in terms of, like, making top dollar, but he'll certainly have a decent market. Yeah, it's like TJ Edwards, Alex Singleton, and your nasty long hair. Come on down. You're the new star. But it hasn't worked. It hasn't. No, worked it hasn't. It's kind of killed them. It's kind of killed them. You think they would learn their lesson, but uh, alas, not to be. Eddie, I, Bobby brought up Denzel Perryman. I get a little bit of like Perryman had the stink on him from the Chargers, goes to the Raiders, has a season that none of us saw coming last year before the injuries kind of derailed him late in the season. Are you in on Foyer? Are you trying to buy low right now before he lands in a new spot? Or are you just selling him, offloading him, or just staying away entirely? Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to sell him. I mean, just because we, you know, if the situation could look way different. He, he, he's never graded that well. I mean, he's never he's graded terribly. Yeah. This past year was what a 40, he was in the 40s, 45.8 this past year. Mm. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. 56.6 the year before that. He's never been above a 65.7. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's uh, he's he's actually gotten worse every single year. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Benjamin buttoning his way to uh, relevance in the NFL. But, you I mean, know, he was he was definitely making plays last year, though. You watch the Falcons yes. game and it was basically three players, mm-hmm. Jarrett, um, Deion and, Jones and, and AJ Terrell. Deion Jones kind of disappeared. It was like it was like Oluokan, Terrell and Jarrett. And Terrell. the rest of the defense was terrible. To, uh, one of the many problems in Atlanta. Uh, still terrible. Yeah, still terrible. Still not great. Um, let's keep it moving here with linebackers, Greg. And I want to bring up another player you mentioned from the Los Angeles Chargers, Kaiser White. Uh, the linebacking core for the Chargers has long been a source of frustration for IDP managers. I planted a flag on Kenneth Murray and had to basically uh, pull that flag out of my back when he stabbed me with it uh, by turning in a stinker <laughs> of a season in 2021. So Kaiser White actually was the better option, uh, despite not being as flashy of a name. Uh, this is another player sort of in that foyer Aluakun mold of like, is anybody going to pay big money for this guy? Is he maybe a sleeper to get a bigger deal than we expect? Kind of like Uchina Nuosu. Like, how do you see his value shaking out? I, I don't know how he'll get paid. I, I think there will be teams interested in him, but I think he's an absolute sleeper because I think he's good. Like, I've always thought he was good. I always thought Perriman, it, it's like, we're, I'm not a scout. But I, I try to watch each game and like White shows up. You notice him. He can do a lot of different things. That's what you need out of middle linebackers, inside, you know, off ball linebackers now. He can do everything. And he never quite had the opportunity, never quite got healthy. But he was someone that just going down a Chargers training camp and just I definitely think I hear more about the teams in LA here because you know, it's the local teams. Like they always seem to think that he could be a baller. And he finally it finally happened to him once Brandon Staley got there with the different coaching staff. So I'm in on him. I would like like if the Patriots, for instance, who need linebackers signed him. And, the, and I doubt they'll be signing linebackers in free agency, but I, I would be pumped for that. And to me, he would be a great signing. And and maybe the Chargers keep him because I, I think they like him and they have a ton of cap space. 
Mm. Yeah, Bobo, I kind of like hearing that. <laughs> Potential sleeper, Kaiser White. These are the sorts of dudes that we want to buy low on typically, right? He's like He's, a Campbell to me. If he ends up yes. in the right spot, he could have a monster year. That yeah. was kind of my thinking as well as potential new situation emergence. He's not going to cost you a lot. I mean, what would Kaiser white cost you if he's not on your waivers? A like third. a third round. Yeah. yeah third like round a, pick. A mid round pick. Right. Yep. So, yeah. um, any interest in Kaiser White, especially if he lands in a good situation, Bobo? Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, and Kaiser White has kind of shown some small samples of even like 2019, 2020. You see this guy play and, and you know, Gus Bradley has ruined so many linebacking careers. I'm so excited he's now the Colts defensive <laughs> right. coordinator. That just, that has my <laughs> my piss all hot right now. <laughs> I mean, he did have, he did, you know, to defend the man, he did have um, Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright like at their peaks. That's true. That is true. Oh, that was that, early, but maybe they made him more than the vice versa. The, oh, for sure. He was coasting there. He wasn't working. He was, <laughs> he just, was, just he was like, on Bobby, cruise control. Guys, take care of this for me, please. <laughs> you know, and even in the heights of the pandemic in 2020, we had uh, Mark Sessler on and I remember finishing the show talking about how much I love Isaiah Simmons, but the player I was most excited to see that year was Kenneth Murray. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chargers maybe move on from Murray because Staley has not sounded very optimistic when talking about Kenneth Murray. And you got to think the prior regime was the one who drafted Kenneth Murray with uh, Anthony Lynn. It was not a, um, not a, um, Brandon Staley type of uh, pick. So anyways, yeah, Kaiser White, I'm super, super interested in. Same as Foyer. I'm bring Foyer to me too. I don't care how muddy his PFF stats are. This is where, and Greg understands, where IDP and NFL divulge. Hey, if I can get some muddy, you know, stats on the board, I don't care how I get them. Sometimes those are the cheaper if ones. You're trying get. To, if you're trying to buy Foyer, just send over the screenshots of his sure. decreasing PFF grades every year. Yeah. I even like, remember. Sucks. I remember when Foyer was uh, tagged to be the next like Dion Buchanan, like kind of like athletic, could do it all, and Dion Buchanan just never turned in anything. And people yeah. were kind of pegging that early Foyer type career to that, but uh, he's kind of turned it around. He's just still kind of whatever. Great yeah. got all these guys accurately ranked is what we're finding out. Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah. It's just hard to evaluate a lot of these linebackers, you know? Yeah, it's like, I mean, he's he's a he's a linebacker. He racked up a lot of tackles on a really bad team. And he was good at, like, making He was good at, like, forcing fumbles. I remember he, he was really good at that mm-hmm. specifically. But, yeah, I mean, it. you never know with a lot of these guys. I do like White better than uh, Foyer. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely yeah. going to you guys next year before I do my rankings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll help you sort through these defensive guys. We'll fly you in, Greg. You can sleep in the soda <laughs> That's right. We got dog beds out here. Wait, wait, where are you guys at? You said you're in the South. I thought you were in Indianapolis. You're Colts fans. <laughs> we're in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So about an hour north of okay. Nashville. We'll bring okay. you in, get you some fried chicken, take mm-hmm. you to a take you to a Western Kentucky game, get you some play sweet a little tea. golf, yeah, and sure. send you back to L.A. Fat and happy. Yeah, we'll send you the back. The only about- time I've been in Kentucky is flying home from Cincinnati. That Pro- doesn't really count. You were like, I can't stay here long. I can get out of this <laughs> get hell hole. Away from these people. All they do is eat fried chicken. Speaking uh, about things we don't know about, let's uh, let's let Greg talk about some safeties because uh, I, I don't know where a lot of these guys are going to yeah, go. This is a tough class because you've got some big names here, and I want to start with the Honey Badger. Tyrone Matthew, because I want to read this 
read this from Greg's blurb, just word for word, because I thought it was so cool. Um, this is my second year making this list that my great friend, Chris Wessling, and I heard his voice so clearly after I initially ranked Matthew lower. It's hard to put a price on the intelligence, competitiveness and coverage ability honey badger brings, but those traits explain how he set. And this was the part that I loved Greg, because I hadn't thought about this, but those traits explain how he set to get the, the third big long-term deal of his career, despite being an undersized safety drafted in the third round. Wes was early to see Matthew's ferocious, versatile style for the transformative force that it was. Like so many people who crossed paths with Wes over the years, Matthew returned the love. So it makes sense why you have him at six overall on your list. You a lot of great qualities laid out there as to what makes him so special. But I have to ask at this point in his career, what does Honey Badger have left in the tank, Greg? I think he'll have a, a pop-up year. He's he's a instinctive player to me that last year might have been thinking about the contract a little. That's what I I think the Chiefs all but alluded to it. You know, maybe not going to make that big hit with a big running back in the hole in like week 16 or something. Let's get to the playoffs and, and then really let it go. Let's keep our body healthy until Mm -hmm. the end. And so I think that was a a factor. And I also think he's someone that could be rejuvenated going into a new, new system where he is a leader again. And I, and he's been a little up and down in his career, but the ups have been so high and uh, the reason he's he's so high and he ended up going high out of those safeties because there's so many good safeties is I think you you know what you're getting in terms of the intelligence, the leadership, everything like that from a real NFL perspective. It's like you're getting that you're getting that for a couple of years. And that that's like a very safe thing for a, a coach to be adding to your team. And I, I think he can still do some playmaking. It's not like he was moving poorly or anything like that. He, his big plays tend to come in streaks, but uh, I, I would buy in because you talk to people, anyone that's ever been with him, like in every locker room, he's sort of transformed it. Even in Houston, like those, those Houston coaches, like that one year in Houston where he, he ended up uh, leaving for Kansas city after like they loved him. So to, to me, that's something where he probably has more real world value than just, than, you see on the statue. Yeah. I was going to say, Bobo kind of like Bobby Wagner. When you bring in a honey badger, you're mm-hmm. bringing in the man and the player. Yeah. You're bringing, he's not that old either, by the yeah, way, he's even though he's been around forever. Yeah. It feels like he's been yeah, in he's the 29. That's yeah, a young like, man. Yeah. It's like 15. He's years. the same age as Devondre Campbell. Like it does not feel. Wow. No, it feels like he should be like in his mid thirties at this point. Mm-hmm. But Bobo, where could you see as some good potential landing spots for honey badger? And I don't know, you know, something, something that makes me think about with Honey Badger, and I kind of forgot about, I'm glad Greg brought up the uh, Houston Texans year. You know, Honey Badger's always kind of been with a strong coach. Started out with Bruce Arians in Arizona, and then was with Andy Reid for a good stretch. And um, I don't know, I agree with you, Greg. I think he is good for locker rooms. Um, but how much, you know, Honey's Badger, Honey Badger has been through some stuff in his life, and um how much does he need to be tied to um, a coach who's going to appreciate him? You know, you put him with a younger coach 
and bring bring him in. I, I don't know. I I can't really peg a landing spot right now. As as blank as that well, you know sounds. When who has a vision for him as a player? They sure. sort of built yes. the secondary around him, and that that is hard to find. Like to to me the the Patriots tree, and yeah. there's less of them now. <laughs> <laughs> without Flores. But to me, the Raiders and the Patriots would make uh, a lot of sense, at least to start Devin McCourty's a free agent, by the way. Yeah. And two teams that Bobo had written down there, Addy, uh, that intrigue me, at least the 49ers. Mm-hmm. This is a team yep. that has long lacked that strong, uh, you know, presence at safety. And then would he be a good pairing with Derwin James potentially? Mm. I mean, that's what's great about Honey Badger. He's just so versatile. If you look at his career usage, um, he's played four percent of his snaps uh, at the defensive line. Twenty six percent of twenty six percent of his snaps have come in the box. Twenty one percent of his snaps have come at free safety, and then the other forty five percent have come in the slot. Wow. So I mean, you just use this dude the wherever. Slot? Really? The slot? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been primarily wow. a, a slot guy. I've got it. Baltimore. Ooh, now that would be nice. He would be great there. Harbaugh. That'd be perfect. Would appreciate him. Yep. You know, their linebackers have been bad. Get Deshaun Elliott. Get him out of there. Absolutely. You still got Chuck Clark. You've got uh, Marlon Humphrey. You've got Marcus Peters. I like that. Mm. That could be a good fit. I could totally see that. It's the type of guy they sign to. And Deshaun Elliott, who they... I think they love uh, is a free agent and coming off an injury, but that yep. would be a, an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was the big name here Addie. and honey badgers always been one of those players kind of like a Minka Fitzpatrick that the name, the big flashy name doesn't necessarily translate to like IDP glory. Right. So mm-hmm. do we like honey badger going to a new situation for IDP purposes in 2022? Um, I think so. I mean, it's like your safety too, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fine. As he's long fine. as you're not taking this guy as like your safety one. He's never been a big tackle guy, right? He's a guy that's going to get like what? 75 to 80 tackles. Maybe if, you don't if, have to be nice just because I ranked him high and, and he, he, he tweeted nice things about Chris and stuff. You can, you can give your full. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Finally, we can just trash. Yeah, right, right. trash. Get maybe a this four guy four. is scum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think as long as like uh, sort of like a Minka, I see them kind of similarly as far as like great NFL players, for IDP, you just need to have like uh, the Podfather always says: we don't hate players, we hate ADPs. Yeah, right? like I don't hate Honey Badger or Minka or any of these guys. Minka was really good for IDP as long as you've got him in the right spot in your roster, right? Yeah, I mean, as long as he's still being used in this way, like if he's being used in that way, he's being you know he's towards the line of scrimmage, he's in the backfield making plays. As long as he's still used like that wherever he goes, yeah, yeah he'll be productive. Be probably not getting twenty fifteen uh, defensive yeah. player of the year candidate. Yeah, Tyron Matthew. That's probably not happening again. Yeah, probably not. But I think you can still get like Bobby Wagner, a productive leader for your team that can be a plus player overall. I really want him to go to Baltimore. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, that was I created that was that. beautiful, Bobo. Thank you. If this welcome. happens, we're buying you a fried chicken dinner. Can't wait. <laughs> so, Greg, we'll get you out of here on this. You had two players that you specifically wanted to talk about: Yuchin and Nwosu, and then Justin Reed. And so I'm curious here because you're right up injuries. He was benched for disciplinary reasons. The 2021 season went south for Justin Reed. So what is it about Reed that has you intrigued now as he's set to hit free agency? Well, if I, if I was GM, he would be exactly the type of guys that I would go after, which is, you know, young guys and their second contract 
coming off a low that you're buying low that's shown great production. It's kind of like it's kind of like a a, a uh, college prospect who had a bad senior year but was like great sophomore and junior year. Like those years count. And Justin Reed in his rookie year and his second year, and I remember talking about it then, talking about it with Wes, like he was awesome. Like, and he showed he had that skill set. That Houston's been a mess, you know. Um, even even though Cully suspended him, Lovey Smith, who was his coordinator, we had him on the podcast, and he actually went out of his way to mention how much he liked Justin Reed and liked him as a, like. I think he hated losing. Like he, if you've he he won the Ed Block Courage Award there one time, like sometimes losing and being in a terrible situation, you don't end up not being that great an employee, but that's maybe not that bad of a thing. If if it's an NFL player and you want like a winning type of player and he is just a missile and can, can fly all over the place and he's shown it, he's still young. And, and so he was someone in, in a deep safety class. I mean, these guys are going to get undervalued because there's so many of them. Jordan Whitehead, PJ Williams is kind of fun. Like Xavier Woods was cheap last year. He'll be cheap again. These are like decent starters, but, but reads the one out of those that it's like, you might get a pro bowler at like a huge discount. I think he could still have that sort of pop off type of season. Bobby, this is why we love having guys like Greg on the show because they can point out, Hey, Hey, don't forget about Justin Reed. Maybe not the most relevant name for IDP, but New situation, fresh start, mm-hmm. could be in for a big season in 2022. Yeah, I can tell Greg's played IDP in his <laughs> in his career. You know, he said if I was a GM, I would go and buy the buy the dip, buy the dip. That's right. Go get Justin Reed before you know. We've already seen it before. Seen what he's done. He's had a low year, not really paid attention to. I much. mean, I'm not an idiot here. You hey. buy the dip. Come very, on, very bright. <laughs> but uh, I forget Justin Reed's only 25 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Addy, yeah. where's he going? I don't know, but I mean, I, I'm I'm with Greg. I mean, I'm a big fan. I mean, if you look at the the PFF numbers, I mean, yeah, those first two years, he was in the 70s, 75.2 uh, overall PFF grade is his rookie year, 76.7 the next year, and then it dips when it gets toxic there, right? Yep. 60.7, uh, 50.8 this past year. Um, Ooh, so, but... Bad situation. Bad situation. Yeah, I'm willing to. Uh, I'm willing to 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 you know give him another chance somewhere else. Um, yeah, I've always liked. I've always liked Justin Reed a lot. I, I think he's one of the better. And and again, one of the guys with the most upside at this at the safety position. I love it. Well, Greg, you've mentioned the Patriots a few times. Listeners will know, especially the Around the NFL podcast. You're a longtime Patriots fan. J.C. Jackson, unfortunately, uh, I'm sure you would have loved to have brought him back, but it seems like he's going to be hitting free agency. So who's the one guy? Put on your GM hat, your Bill Belichick, you're sitting on the boat, 12 rings or whatever it's called, and you get to choose one free agent that you are going to sign and nobody else gets him. Who do you want to bring into New England from this class? That's a fun question. Um, I want Honey Badger. I mean, that would be mm. nice. Well, see that that's as a fan though. I I would want Carlton Davis, but it, I would want J.C. Jackson. I mean, <laughs> Greg, we said one now. <laughs> a little oh, greedy boy. there, Greg. <laughs> Save like, some yeah. for us, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying I w- I don't want to lose J.C. Jackson. I, I love Carlton Davis though, so I guess that would be it. I don't know if that's a downgrade. Uh, guys, like yeah, he's ultimately more valuable, I think, than. 
than a Tyron Matthew. But just as a fan, I think Tyron Matthew would be awesome. You guys have a couple nice defensive pieces there. Christian Barmore, we know you're a big fan. Bobby actually went and acquired mm. Barmore after he heard you talking him up on the podcast. The only reason. Kyle Duggar is just a Swiss <laughs> yeah. Army knife type of guy. Honey Badger is like the final gem there for Bill to get yes. to have a, to pair him with Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar, yes. both guys that are just Swiss Army knives. Yeah, that that would be. That defense would look insane. Matt Judon, like, the 2021 free agency, probably signing of the yes. year. That'd so be some, good. Some yeah, nice you, defensive pieces. You know, you pieces. got Jalen Mills as your top cornerback. It's like, yep. what are we doing here? Let's uh, <laughs> maybe let's see if we can bring back uh, JC Jackson. Yeah, that is odd. Why can't? Why do they not tag him? Do they have? Do they have the cap space for that, Greg? Like, why do you think they didn't bring him back? Uh, they don't have a ton of cap space, but I would assume they'll find ways to get creative. Gave too much money to Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Yeah. 14% I don't know, of your cap on tight ends. I think it's tricky because that number so high was 17 and a half for, for cornerbacks. And if you're not offering close to that as a per year deal, um, which my guess is they probably aren't, um, then they're just not willing to pay his market value. They know him better than anyone else. They've, they've seen him, but on the field, he's been awesome and better every year. But yeah, I think Carlton Davis is like a true cornerback one and those guys do not come available uh too often doesn't really catch the ball like jc jackson though yeah the bucks just in a situation where you've got a lot of guys that are hitting free agency and you can only keep one and they kept chris godwin which i probably would have done the same yeah so well greg thank you my friend for coming on and educating us on this defensive free agent class like we said within the next week We'll start to see, see some of these deals get signed. So will Honey Badger end up in Baltimore? Will Carlton Davis come to New England? Will Nuchina Nuwasu come to Indy? Maybe, as long as we get the quarterback to go with it. But, Greg, for those, you know, I, I'm sure most people have seen you on NFL Network or heard you on the Around the NFL podcast, but tell people where they can find your work. What do you have coming up? Uh, let the folks know. Oh, yeah, we'll be we'll be rolling daily shows around the NFL Ooh, next nice. week mm. with free agency. We're in, I, we've gone three days in a row this week too. We're doing one Thursday and we got the TV show. Uh, I think that airs Saturday morning. So, um, and, and just feel free to use like poor man's Nick Sirianni as like a nickname here <laughs> moving forward. Definitely will. Change it on the resume. Honestly, you're Changing very the small on my tonight. screen, so so I could be, it could be totally No, it's a good off, comp. You, yeah. You're like. Yeah. I'm much larger in person. <laughs> yeah. He's six foot five, actually. <laughs> uh, really? Well, you know what? So Sirianni, I met him. He, he's huge. Like all these coaches are off. Like he was huge and more imposing and, and better looking, I, I will say, in mm. person than than I expected. And there's some buzz going around that he wasn't too happy about that. The, 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 uh, hot, the coach hotness power rankings. And uh, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Oh, so we can higher. expect him to maybe step it up this year. Yeah. Maybe he gets the facial hair, like really. <laughs> hey man, it matters. Day, I mean, yeah. Cliff got the extension because he looks just so freaking hot. In Cliff, his house. And, yeah. And like the James Bond villain layer that he was in, like, you know, he had like a, I don't know, like a publicist or a photographer come out and set the yeah, thing up. Yeah, I don't know. That gave me chills, though, when I saw that. You've been getting chills a lot recently. I think we need to get you checked for some sort of disorder. But, Greg, this was fun, man. Uh, you know, I can't wait to tune in next week as you guys will be doing the Lord's work, covering all the free agency moves that were happening. So make sure that you go and subscribe to the Around the NFL podcast. Check out the TV show. I love having you guys back in the studio for that. 
Greg, that show is so much fun. And uh, check out your work over at NFL.com. Like we mentioned, you're on Game Day View. That's only during the season, right? The TV show? That is. That's like the quasi-gambling without saying it's gambling <laughs> Exactly. <show>. My <laughs> favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, talking about gambling without saying the G word. So uh, <laughs> check that out in season. But Greg, appreciate you, my friend. Mm-hmm. And we will be back next week. Uh, John Macri will be on with Jace Abbey doing buy-sell candidates for the AFC. So you don't want to miss that. And uh, keep your ear to the ground, folks. A lot of NFL stuff happening. And we will be back two weeks from now, recapping all of the free agency madness that is set to come, doing some mock draft results that we're in the midst of right now, boys. So don't go anywhere, y'all. The NFL calendar, it may seem like a sleepy time, but it's not. Stick with us. We're going to keep you up to date on what's going on. Shout out to our patrons and our listener league subscribers. We love and appreciate y'all. And uh, we will see you all next week.